All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? It's a Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Daily Face-Off Show. That's right. Today is Wednesday, November 24th. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Grills. We have a lot to be thankful for, so... I'm thankful to be doing the show with you, and I got to ask you, Steve, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Ooh, man, I, I almost go with the garbage plate, Frank. I throw the turkey in, the mashed potatoes, the cranberry sauce, squash, mix it all up. Can't go wrong. Uh, excited for today's episode. It will be our most challenging by far. For some reason, Milton Public Schools don't have school today. I got all three of my kids at home. No internet, <laughs> no Netflix, yeah. don't touch anything. Keep it quiet for 25 minutes. It's It will be a test. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. I actually, my favorite food is the post-Thanksgiving sandwich that you get to make with the leftovers the day after. The uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome all weekend long. But let's dive in, and we've got a full plate of NHL stories to talk about. We'll put two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock, and let's drop the puck today with... Which of your teams are cooked at this point as we look at the NHL standings? Thanksgiving in the U.S. has traditionally been one of these polls that teams measure themselves up against. We've got a number of teams that are in precarious positions already five to six weeks into the season. Greels, which teams are cooked for you? Well, Frank, I don't think I would be true hockey and media if I went a day without talking about the Vancouver Canucks right now. So... <laughs> For me, the, the the temperature was high last week. We talked about them. 
And one of the things I pointed out was that I thought the next eight games were huge. They had three at home, five on the road. What was the mood going to be like? What was uh, what was going to be going on when they got back? Unfortunately, they went one and two at home. I thought they needed five or six before they went on the road. Now they got the different difficult challenge of five away from home. You look at their team, Horvat, Pedersen, guys that probably more talented and we should we should definitely be expecting more production from. So they're the team for me that are in a spot where I just don't know how they're going to climb out of it in the short term. Um, hey, maybe they go on a great run on the road, but I don't see that happening right now. And I think it gets them back home around December 4th. It's going to be an interesting group to uh, fall during that time. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. For me, the team that is cooked but not burnt is the Dallas Stars. And I know that sounds funny to say because last night they did something that no team has been able to do this season, and that's keep Connor McDavid off the score sheet. The Stars looked really good last night. And yes, they are above 500, 8, 7, and 2. But what's clear is that the way the Stars have played to this point through the first six weeks, it's not enough. It's not enough to get you in. They need to be better. And I think when we look at this larger sample size that includes last season with mostly the same core, that they've got a lot of work to do. And, and I think the big question for me is where are the goals going to come from? Uh, they've been a little bit better in terms of keeping the puck out of the net. You see Jake Ottinger now rip off three straight wins, and it seems like they're getting a little bit of stability in, in the goal. But they need more from their bona fide high-paid stars in Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, neither one of those guys makes the list of their top five scorers. So I have significant question marks about the Dallas Stars in terms of where they're heading. Uh, they've been facing some pressure for sure. And so I think that's the proper way to, to phrase where the Stars are at at this point. Cooked but not burnt. And by the way, our Scott Burnside sizing up every team in the NHL starting today with the East on dailyfaceoff.com. Which teams are cooked? Which teams are marinating so certainly something to keep an eye on the east today west tomorrow for scott burnside on dailyfaceoff.com and that brings us to your biggest turkey of the season grills who you got gobble gobble to the toronto maple Leafs fans doesn't seem very long ago that very long ago that they were on a two and five start um you know just calling for firings, calling for trades. The core can't do it. Then all of a sudden, you know, they they also lost that game 7-1 to to Pittsburgh, and I thought, you know, they might just sell the arena is what the fans wanted. But since then, they've been outstanding. Uh, you know, like 11-1 or 10-2 right there in their last, you know, 11-12 games. And, and their, what I like about them is their stars are playing great, and all of a sudden the jerseys are selling again. The Tavares jerseys, the Matthews jerseys that people are kind of putting up on eBay – they're back wearing them. They're back buying them. So, you know, gobble, gobble to the Leafs fans. Hey, let's let this is going to be a great team to watch throughout the year. And as we talked about early in the season, it's all about April. So, uh, so I hope they can uh, enjoy a few days off the Leafs fan and root for their team again and keep it going. How, how big is that ladle that you're stirring the gravy with? Stirring the pot there, girls. I love it. Uh, and, and totally fair, by the way, because you're right. The temperature was extremely hot for the Toronto Maple Leafs in that market to start. They've played really well since then. For me, my turkey to start the year is the Seattle Kraken. And yes, I think they came in with some unfair expectations. 
by virtue of what the Vegas Golden Knights did in their expansion year. But here's the thing, and this is not my personal opinion, but it's actually coming from some conversations that I've had with front office members, executives, and managers over the last couple of weeks that there's actually a little bit of an appetite in the NHL for teams that are actively rooting against the Kraken and their success this year. And why is that? Because they felt like there was a bit of arrogance that the Kraken entered the league with. We know how to do it better than you. Our process is better than yours. Look at our staff and who we've hired. We're smarter than you. That's been the general feel, whether the Kraken wanted it to be like that or not, that other teams and organizations took away from what Seattle built this season. And so I think it's interesting to look at their start. It's been very traditional expansion. Uh, some ups, a lot of downs, a six-game losing streak, and a team that's been trying to find its way. But for a team that also came out and said, we're going to be relentless, we're going to work harder than everyone else, well, we haven't exactly seen that either, really just seeing that relentless approach and attitude from the Seattle Kraken of late. We'll see where they go, but it's interesting to note the undercurrent that is, exists behind the scenes, Grills. So speaking of a made Evander Kane one of your turkeys for the year and his suspension 21 game ban handed out by the NHL at the start of this season for submitting a fake vaccination card costing him 1.7 million dollars in salary lost well that suspension ends after the San Jose Sharks game on Sunday making him eligible to rejoin and work with the San Jose Sharks again on Monday Steve, I guess the question is, where do things go from here with Evander Kane and the San Jose Sharks? Do you think we'll see Evander Kane in a Sharks jersey again this season or at any point? One of the things we talked about before Puck even dropped this year, Frank, was Evander Kane and how the San Jose Sharks had one thing going for him in that situation, and that was time. They had time to discuss it, time to figure out what they were going to do, and Remember, you having a great point that they are probably already doing that. So one thing for certain right now is I think the San Jose Sharks management and ownership knows exactly what's next for Evander Kane. Still speculation on our end, but I'd be very surprised to see him playing again for the Sharks. One of the things that jumps out at me is, you know, when we see some of the players interviewed right now, no one seems to have spoken to Evander. And if this guy's coming back in the locker room on Sunday, I think there'd be more dialogue on the players saying, hey, we're fired up to get him back. He's going to help us. You know, we need him. Um, I think Evander Kane and his agent probably know what's happening. If they don't yet, I think they're going to in the next 48, 72 hours. I don't think there'll be any major surprises internally there. Um, but when I look at Kane, I do wonder now, is this a buyout candidate? You know, when the clock comes uh, in June, the first day there, I know there's a lot of money to be saved. Uh, the cap hit goes down. So... I would be surprised if we see Evander Kane playing next week, but I have no knowledge of what their decision is yet. Yeah, I think what's interesting is that Evander Kane has been in the Sharks practice facility, has been skating, not with the team at separate times. The team has already come and gone and exited the building before Kane then goes and skates by himself. What does that mean for his future? Is this something that the Sharks are going to make him try and earn his way back? He was their best player on the ice last season, uh, having a career year. Do they send him to the Barracuda and say, you need to prove yourself again? Or is this simply one of those cases where they're going to say, hey, you need to go home, sit out the rest of the year. This is something that I believe would not be contested by the NHLPA. There's precedent for this. 
We saw the New York Rangers do this with Tony D'Angelo last season when they exiled, exiled him out of New York and sent him home to finish out the season. That was a little bit of a different situation. As you mentioned, three years left on Kane's deal at $7 million per. A buyout would come with $5 million in real cash savings for the Sharks. So that's something that's certainly worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I tend to believe that Kane has played his last game in a Sharks uniform, but the fact that he is still around the franchise and skating in their practice facility definitely raises a bit of an eyebrow with me. We'll keep an eye on that early next week as we come out of the Thanksgiving break. And a little delicious Thanksgiving Eve appetizer tonight, Grills. We've got the Rangers and the New York Islanders squaring off, two teams heading in opposite directions. I'm not certain that we would have seen or said this at the uh, beginning of the season, which would be that the Rangers are the best team in New York. I think a lot of people had the Islanders, and I know at Daily Faceoff we had the Islanders circled as the consensus favorite in the Metro. So the Rangers, my question to you is the Rangers are the best team in New York right now, but will they be at the end of the season? I think they will be, Frank, and maybe slightly ahead of schedule. You know, going into this year, I would have had the Islanders ahead of them. I thought the Rangers were certainly going past the Islanders based on their young talent and the roster that had been built up over the last three or four years. Remember the, the letter that came out with the rebuild. You know, Jeff Gordon was instrumental in kind of building it. Chris Drury there now. But that team was taking steps to go ahead of teams like the Islanders. I would be off a little on my prediction, but I think they're, they're there now. And two of the next three games for each of these teams are against one another. My favorite games to watch. I love watching the Islanders play the Rangers and vice versa. You have WrestleMania in the stands. You have hockey on the ice. Um, passionate fans. Just like we're, we're spoiled again by the schedule maker who we talked about earlier this year with tonight. And I believe it's Saturday, Islanders, Rangers hockey. So I, I think the Rangers are the best team in that area right now for sure. Yeah, plenty of pot van sucks chance as well. Um, for me, I, I'm not so willing to write off the Islanders just yet. I know how critical of a juncture in the season is this is for them. They've got Ryan Pulak out, and and that certainly hurts. Um, you know, he's so instrumental to their defense, and as witnessed by the extension that he signed before this season. And um, you know, for me, I I just think the Islanders have another gear to get to. It's been a very uncharacteristic start of a Barry Trotz team in terms of what they've allowed. You look at that dash 16 goal differential. The Islanders aren't typically under Barry Trotz in the running for the green jacket. And it, it feels early to write them off in terms of being the best team in New York. I think what's interesting about the Rangers and their start, not to take away from them, but they also haven't necessarily gotten everything out of some of their younger guys like a Lafreniere, like a Kako in terms of taking that real big next step yet. And I think that's the scary part for everyone else in the Metro is what happens when those guys really do break out at some point. Uh, that could be a fascinating development for New York. So uh, certainly a battle worth watching tonight and through the Thanksgiving weekend. Let's talk to Chris Peters with another edition of The Next Wave. Pleased to welcome back Chris Peters to the show for another edition of The Next Wave and a little departure. We'd normally talk prospects and what's on the way for 
the NHL. But in this case, Chris has done some really important reporting and work on the USHL's Omaha Lancers and the fallout from uh, that beleaguered franchise. So, Chris, as we've all sort of monitored this situation from afar with the Lancers, could you just kind of summarize where things are at at the moment in terms of that team getting on the ice, uh, functioning again as an organization, and where this investigation might go? Yeah, well, thanks, Frank. It's it's been a it's been a wild ride these last couple of weeks, and I, you know, I kind of first caught wind of something might be coming about two weeks ago, um, and then really it came to a head last week, which uh, was shown in our reporting on DailyFaceOff.com. But just to give you an update on where things stand now, the Lancers have resumed operations. the The coach that was hired by the previous administration is currently running the practices, um, and they are expected to play games this weekend. So. They are essentially, the on-ice part is still going. Meanwhile, there's an investigation that's been conducted uh, by uh, an independent investigator, so not someone connected with the USHL, uh, but somebody that does have ties to USA Hockey and in, uh, in US Center for Safe Sport, has been looking into the team's operations. And so the, what really has happened here is that there was a lot of headbutting between the coaching staff and the ownership and the team president. The team president was placed on administrative leave um, there was a lot of different kind of things that came out in the reporting of, of, of acts that the, the team president had been kind of accused of by both players and staff um, and creating a toxic environment. Part of that was because of the budget cuts that, that led to things like a stick budget that was not meeting standards and uh, the coaches losing their video system, which is an important teaching tool for development. So all of those things were happening. And, and so really, you know, at this point, it's not like there was a, a criminal act of some kind, but it was something where, you know, when you have junior hockey players that are not paid, there's a certain standard that has to be upheld. And also the players player safety comes into it, which is something that the, the investigators are still looking at. From my sources, it sounds like the investigation is going to conclude by the end of the week. Um, I'm told that the people that, that have been interviewed uh, have confidence in the investigation, that it is is going in a positive direction and that it is very thorough and independent. Um, that was something that, you know, early on there was concern about, but that seems to be uh, resolved at this point. So now the players are just kind of waiting to see what happens next. And really the resolution is unclear. We've seen precedents where the league, especially in the OHL with the Flint Firebirds a few years back, the league took control of the team and actually handled operations of the team uh, while the owner still owned it that was suspended. So um, that is a possibility I would imagine based on that. Um, but there's really no guidebook for this in the USHL or within the USA Hockey umbrella at this point. So that's kind of where things are right now. Chris, I followed it closely. Honestly, out, outstanding reporting by you. You talked about Flint and, and you know that type of situation. What do you think is next, whether it's for ownership or players? Like, What can we expect this week with the old model answers? Yeah, my, it's really tough to say, but my expectation at this point, based on what I've heard in terms of developments in the investigation, is that you know it is very likely that Dave DeLuca, the team president, will not be coming back to the team this year. I think that that was actually one of the issues that players wrote, uh, were, were most concerned about, his involvement with the team. Um, but it's unclear. Coots de Caesar is the owner of the team. He's, he's had the team, I believe, since 2016. Um, and, you know, he is, or before that, pardon me. Um, and, and so... You know, that is, it's kind of, they have to figure out how that they're going to handle that. As of right now, they've inserted Josh Mervis into the situation. He is running team operations right now. 
Um, and there has been concerns raised by those around the league that he was too close to the team in terms of being a minority partner and also the chair of the USHL's competition committee, which is one of the most important committees that they have. Um, so that was a step that, that raised some eyebrows. And, and also we reported that, you know, in, in, in his job as, as the GM of the Danville Wings, he once hired uh, Chico Adratus, who is accused of sexual assault and is the subject of a, of a federal lawsuit at this point. Um, uh, I should say Mervis has never been implicated in that um, in terms of wrongdoing on his part, but the connection did raise some eyebrows among investigators given the fact that there's pending litigation um, in that lawsuit. So there have been a lot of moving parts to this. I, I wish I had a better answer in terms of next steps, but I do think that the USHL is doing the best that they can to kind of get control of the situation, figure out what happened, and then determine some next steps. And there's also been reports out there that there are other ownership groups that are interested in purchasing the team, but there's nothing that I've found in my reporting that suggests that anyone can force a sale. It'll have to be on the owner's volition. So um, it's it's very much up in the air yet. And, and I know that the players and certainly the family advisors and parents are very concerned about these next steps because as of right now, the players are kind of stuck in Omaha. They are, cannot be traded. They cannot move to other USA hockey sponsored teams at this point. That could change. But as of right now, those players have to stay in Omaha. Yeah, a messy situation to be sure, Chris. Uh, thanks for your reporting. I covered that Flint Firebird situation really closely a number of years back. And you just hate to see teams, especially a really once proud and, and model USHL franchise like Omaha, be in this situation. Uh, kids involved, future careers involved. And so a lot on the line and something that we'll continue to report on on dailyfaceoff.com. Chris, thanks so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks to you guys as well. Great to be with you. All right, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Grills, we all have a lot to be thankful for. What are you most thankful for in the hockey world so far this season? Right now, Frank, I am thankful for science and hockey. A year ago right now, we didn't have NHL. We didn't have any leagues. We didn't have youth hockey. You and I weren't on the bench for battles at eight and under. So you know, rewind the clock a year ago. We didn't know when the next games were going to be. And now we have it at every level across the world. Junior, junior hockey's back in Canada. Uh, so I, I'm appreciative today that we're back in this spot where we can have fans in the buildings. You and I can be on the bench. Uh, and we're back to, you know, being around our favorite sport on a daily basis. Yeah, big picture comment from you. Certainly uh, important to look back and see where we were a year ago. Uh, big picture thought for me, I'm thankful on a serious note for Kyle Beach and the courage that he showed uh, to step up, not just to be uh, a John Doe in a lawsuit, but to also put his name to that publicly, to share his story and to I think really help a lot of others that have been in similar situations. One in six men in North America subject to sexual assault that really kind of just bury it. And I think the thing for us is not just in listening to Kyle Beach, we should have been listening then when he raised this allegation back in 2010. Uh, the Blackhawks did everything that they could to discredit him, uh, not just you know, when the lawsuit was filed, but in the months that followed to try and bury the story and his courage of conviction in this case, uh, you know, certainly has brought this important situation to light and hopefully helps him and others. In the meantime, let's get to our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler Uremchuk, how'd you do last night? 
Uh, an even split last night uh, for me on the slate. We nailed Flames in regulation. Hyman did not pick up a point in the Oilers' loss, though. So one and one, and we move forward to today, where it is a busy day in the NHL. So let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet, starting with the matchup between the Washington Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens. And the Caps, you know, six regulation wins in their last 10 games. They're not exactly a team that's on a heater, but they're playing some pretty good hockey, and I like their chances going up against a Canadiens team that's coming off a win, but hasn't won back-to-back games yet this season. The big decider for me and ultimately going with the Caps in regulation at minus 135, Ilya Samsonov getting the start in his six starts this season. He is 6-0, so I like Samsonov to give the Caps a good outing, and I like Washington to win in regulation. Also, digging into this matchup a little bit more for my second play, I got a player prop. I'm going with John Carlson to go over half a point. It's minus 150, so not the best payout, but this guy's got points in four of his last five. He's coming off a night where he didn't get on the score sheet, but he's only been held without a point in back-to-back games once this season. The Caps' power play hasn't been great this year, but the Habs' penalty kill isn't very good either. Carlson's a big part of the power play for Washington. I like their chances to win. I like Carlson to pick up a point. And for my third bet of the day, I'm going to the Carolina-Seattle one. And honestly, this was the most confusing line of the day for me. You got Carolina at minus 140. I mean, this is the best team in the NHL going up against a Kraken team that's not very good. And it's not like the Kraken are good on home ice either. They're 4-6-0. The Canes are 8-1-1 on the road. If it's Freddie Anderson, I love this bet even more, but I'm playing it anyways. It's Carolina in regulation at plus 105. I just think the payout's too good on that bet to not be all over it. So again, Washington in regulation at minus 135. Carlson over half a point and Carolina in regulation at plus 105. And also, Frank, I know people don't come here for my NFL betting advice, but Bills minus six tomorrow is my play. All right, well, duly noted, and that Carolina <laughs> minus one and a half tonight on the puck line, pretty juicy at plus 170 yeah. as well. Uh, Tyler, we'll have to keep uh, track of your NFL bets and your player prop bets, but you've been man on fire to start this year. Of course, you can check out all of our uh, daily betting guide. We have a model up, a sophisticated model, which will take a deeper dive into the numbers at dailyfaceoff.com as well. Thank you, Tyler. And now it's time for my favorite segment of the show, Garbage Time. I usually cede the floor to you, Steve, but I wanted to shed light on an important topic to me and uh, some others in the hockey media world. And that is one month ago tomorrow, our friend Rob Rossi from The Athletic was on the Daily Faceoff show, shedding light on the Pittsburgh Penguins and everything going on with their season. He had a migraine that day and went to take a nap and woke up a different person. Uh, it's actually been really difficult to, to spend time with him and talk with him because he developed a stutter, a tremor in his arm, and it's actually kept him out of work and on the sidelines for a bit in the near future here as he continues to recover from a functional neurological disorder. So it took a while for doctors to figure out what exactly is going on with Rob. Um, and he's someone that's near and dear to my heart as one of my closest friends in the hockey world and, and just a close friend in life. And so uh, when something like that changes in the blink of an eye, I think it's a reminder for us all how precious life is and, and how much uh, we should cherish what we have, our health and everything like that. And just wanted to send my best wishes to Rob and his family thinking of you uh, now, today, Thanksgiving and moving forward and 
We're behind you 100% in the hockey world, Rob. So get well soon and can't wait to have you back on the show to talk Penguins and everything else, NHL. Uh, a little bit of a lighter moment. Steve, you, you're sure you've come across uh, Jim Rutherford, the former Penguins general manager. And, you know, he had a little lighthearted comment for Rob. He said, Rob, you were always a difficult guy to understand. So Rob and I had uh, shared a little bit of a laugh last night about that. And, and as I said, sending my best wishes to Rob and his family. That'll well, do it for we'll be all, We're all thinking of Rob and very well said, Frank, and happy Thanksgiving to all. And we'll be thinking about many people all over the weekend. Yeah, we've got a lot to be thankful for. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com over the holiday weekend for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Tyler Uremchuk will be in the big chair on Friday, hosting a Black Friday special edition with Rachel Dowery. So be sure to tune in for that. Thank you to everyone and their hard work behind the scenes to make the Daily Faceoff show happen. I'll be back on Monday. Have a great Thanksgiving and holiday weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.